0: Welcome to Real Everyday People and Eladio Nino Podcast. You either the a Hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you live living. got me living. What's up, everybody? This is the Nino Podcast. I'm Eladio Nino and this is Real Everyday People. And thank you. Thank you for coming for another week, for joining us, for viewing us, for supporting us, for sharing, for subscribing. Big ups to Lit Music Entertainment, all my family, all my friends, all my loved ones, all my people from downriver, all my people from southwest and from everywhere else, far and near. My heart is with you. So today we got a good friend of mine, good, solid brother, man. Can't wait for you guys to hear his story, man. Um, This is my man, Jose uh, Burgos, and uh, also known as Budo for the people in the neighborhood who know him. What up, what up? yeah good solid brother man i love his brother man he got a good spirit good head on his shoulders i'ma let him tell tell you guys a little bit about himself in a minute but uh i'm gonna let you guys know how him and i met uh of course you know we met in prison we were uh on a level four yard uh what was it a uh, round unit yeah, round yeah round. we were around in, in the upper peninsula at, at url are, you know, for those who have been there or for families that have been there to visit loved ones, you know, that's, that's the bottom of the barrel right there, baby, that, that attached you. But, um, you know, it was definitely a privilege to be able to run into a good brother, solid brother. And, and he was a conscious brother. And that was what was very important, you know, and even though we were in a bad situation, you know, we made the best of it. We were leaders wherever we were at, we were pillars and we were always empowering brothers and motivating brothers to, to, um, to become better and uh you know he so so when we was in level four you know our our, our time our yard time was really limited but you know we were smart and we knew how to move around in that place so we would get jobs that would allow us to come out of the cell spend a couple hours out, be able to maneuver and kick it with people get around a little bit so i you know i, I you know big ups to my man poodle because he he had a yard job he was out there shoveling big boy snow. That's right. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, it. he wanted all his rack time. So for us to win, win because we get out and we get in a workout because the snow used to be
1: this high up upstate. Yes, yes, and they, and they make you shovel the snowbank itself. So you shovel snowbank and then you go to then you got knock that down.
0: Horrible. But it was a workout though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> But with no further ado, man, my brother, man, go ahead and let the people know who you are, what you are,
1: where you're from, all that good stuff. What's up, what's up, Southwest, man? Uh, my name is Jose Burgos Pudo. Um, a, lot of, a lot of you guys you know, what I'm saying, know me by Pudo. Um, I'm a formerly incarcerated juvenile lifer, spent 28 years locked up. Um, I went in at the age of 16, came out at the age of 43. Um, you know, grew up in Southwest, man, just out here, man, supporting uh, a lot of you here, man, bro. You know, he's doing his thing, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, man, you know, happy to be here to you know, share my story, but at the same time, man, you know, give him the props, man, because, you know, bro is out here doing the things, man, that he said he was going to do, you know. um, So, you know, much love to you, bro. Thank you, brother.
0: Hey, thank you, man. You know, con Dios todo, sin Dios nada. Si you se know. puede. Si se puede, no That's doubt. Right. But, you know, I, I don't know if you guys heard that, you know, he did 28 years and he went to prison at the age of 16 years old. You know, so
1: and I just finished pro. That's right. What my yeah, man, got off my man,
0: congratulations, what You know, that's 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 got to be a, a such a liberating feeling, man. You know, like I can't imagine you just truly feel liberated, chains are off. You know, more paperwork. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, you liberated, man. So congratulations for that, for sure,
1: man. Yeah, yeah it's dope, man. It's dope, man, bro. You know, just to, you know, just to be able to move around, man, and do what I want to do. You know, I feel like you know, being on parole is gonna allow me to not only, you know what I'm saying, move around the state a little bit more freely, man, but also take my message outside of the country, you know. So that's that's it's it, it, for me it's more that it's not about, you know, um, you know, getting off parole and just, you know, while now it's about, you know, getting off parole and being able to to deliver my message outside of the, you know, state of Michigan absolutely listen man our fight started inside and now it's outside
0: you know we're fighting for you know criminal justice rights we're getting uh youth justice i mean any any you know we're just community activists we're servants to our community for our people and um you know the fight is in us because the fight was real you know the struggle was real and um you know we're going to get a little bit later into the conversation about what it was like for him to go into prison at 16 years old you know but um for right now I want you to tell the people a little bit about you know where you were born where you were raised you know your travels where you came up and how you landed here in Detroit
1: That's cool um yeah I was I was uh, born in Puerto Rico um we live left... Puerto Rico Ponce 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 that's right yeah, we came over here, man, me and my family, we came over here, bro, I was about, I think, like, three years old, my aunt was already here, and we just came out. Well, at first we went from Puerto Rico to Florida, from Florida to Brooklyn, New York, and then we finally, you know, landed in Southwest Detroit, right there on 24th Street, um, like, back in 1980, you know, so that's that's where I've been since.
0: Okay. So what was it like in Brooklyn, New York? What was it like just, you know?
1: Oh, it was cool, man. I mean, you know, that's where the Boricos was at, you know? So it was cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I went to kindergarten. I went to kindergarten in, uh, in, uh, in Brooklyn, man. So, you know, that's that's where it started, man.
0: Okay, that's dope. So you came to Southwest Detroit. Your people migrated here. And um, so where did you start school? Like, where did your journey go from there? Once you guys got here, how did you guys settle, you know?
1: Man, my journey, man, uh, like right here in, uh, you know, when, I was going to a uh, Webster right down 24th. Oh, I went um, to Webster. So Me and my cousin D. I actually I actually went to that was my first grade. That was my first grade school. Um and they just moved around. You know, um, we you know we all lived our, we on um, 24th Street. Um uh, lived with my grandparents. I got a brother, I got a sister, and I had like, you know, a lot of family already here. So um so 24th Street you know, in between Toledo and Vernon is, is where it started from for my family.
0: So did you grow up with both your parents? You came here with both your parents. Were you raised with both of them? or
1: No, no, no. Um, my, my father was somebody that I never met. You know, I didn't grow up with him. Um, my mom was around, um, but really my grandparents, they're the ones, you know what I'm saying, who raised us, you know what I'm saying? Even though my mom was around, you know, that's the, the, the story of a, a lot of Latinos, bro. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Grand- grandparents really, man, like they played the role of parents.
0: Listen, I was just about to say, man, big ups to all the abuelos, los abuelas, because, nah, you know, they nah. played the a big part in raising who we are, you know, in, in, in the um belief system, our moral values, our moral system that we had. like they played a big part in contributing to that. And, you know, a lot of times when I do reflection, I look. Back on my grandparents, you know, and um, the traditions that they had in place for our family to stay united, you know what I mean. So we're trying to definitely bring that. We are, we actually are bringing that back to our family with softball games, picnics, you know, small gatherings, just to keep everybody connected.
1: And I, I i can't, I can't be here, man, without saying, you know, my grandma got a Facebook page too, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mommy te quiero mucho. I'm sure she's watching out there, man. I love you.
0: No doubt, man. So um, so who were like the male figures for you? If if you know you, you know you had your grandparents and then you had your mother, but like were there any male figures around that you were able to look up to or to gave you guidance or advice?
1: Not at first, bro. I mean, like, you know, I had an uncle, I got a matter of fact, he you know he's still around. I got an uncle that was in the military, and uh, that was something that I always, you know, what I'm saying, like, look to him. Um, then I had a stepfather at the same time, you know, he was you know, he was cool, you know what I'm saying? He was like another another person man that was a role model you know he's the one that like i would go with him he was a, he was a carpenter so i would go with him like on different jobs and stuff like that do work so um so there was like you know just a few of them not a lot not so a lot. he taught you some good work ethics oh yeah 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 he told you know that, that, that you know that was my thing back in the day man like when i was a kid like i used to, like, really really used to love bro like doing carpentry work when i would you know, work with him because he was like a father figure you know what i'm saying he was my stepdad you know so
0: Okay, that's good. So did you take up any like carpentry or did you just go with him and in the jobs and stuff like that?
1: No, yeah, yeah. I, I went with him um, when I was in the joint. Matter of fact, when I was in the joint, uh, okay. you know, some, of the, some of the jobs that I had um, were like um, maintenance jobs, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, you know, being on the hand and stuff. You know and that, and cool. that was another way to get around the facility. As well. Absolutely. No, I was on I, the I, I workman crew too out there at Earth until yeah.
0: exactly. I got caught with a banger. Ooh, they had me in the box.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not
0: her. Real everyday people, y'all. That's right. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, so you said that your mom had passed away when you were 12, 13 years old?
1: Yeah, I was 13, bro. I was 13. This okay. happened about like 1988. Um, at the time, like I said, my grandparents, they had, my grandparents, they had decided to like take uh, uh, legal guardianship over us. You don't know uh, think, because sometimes my mom would go like go back. But you had siblings as well? Yeah, I got a brother. My brother's here. I got a sister that's here. And uh so, you know, my mom, like I said, she was um she was always going back to and forth to New York, and my grandparents was the one that was raising us. They got legal guardianship over us. And then in nineteen eighty eight, that's when like tragedy, man, like trauma just like, you know, hit the whole family, bro. Um, that's when, you know, my like I said, my mom, she I was at the age of thirteen, man, she committed suicide. Wow. Man, bro.
0: I, I you know, I can't imagine what that what that feels like, brother. And uh you know, I'm pretty sure that something like that never just goes away. You know what I'm saying? Especially at that age, it could be traumatic, you know. And
1: uh No, it's deep, it's deep, man. Um, you know, a lot of times, man, kids, you know, at that age, they go through, you know, losing the parents, like suicide and stuff, man. And sometimes like the family, the the entire family, like they be so busy mourning that they don't realize how you know I'm saying the death of that parent also affected that child. You know what I'm saying? So now does you know, she for have me, any oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No, God. like for me, that was like that's where it all started you know what i'm
0: saying now does she have any mental illness or anything or anything that contributed to that or was it just you know what is it just a fatal decision
1: yeah it was just a fatal decision bro you know what i'm saying and if she did you know what i'm saying like another thing like you know another thing about about us latinos and shit man that we also need to break you know what i'm saying that is that when we do have people and families who have these mental issues they don't you know what I'm saying? like don't seek out help you know what i'm saying because we, you know we're taught like you know you don't take your business outside of family you know what i'm saying but you know what happens is that a lot of people who don't go out there and get their professional help end up suffering in silence and that's in that, that silence sometimes man is a thing man that that draws them to that point you know where they just you know take their own lives yeah man that's
0: so sad and it's so unfortunate i send my heart out to anybody who's lost a loved one to suicide you know and if there's anybody Out there going through it right now where you just want to give up on life, where just life seems overwhelming or things are just you know frustrating for you. Like, you know, fight through that, you know, fight through that, live another day. I promise you, you know, you got the strength, you got the answers within you, man. Talk to somebody, find a family, a friend, a loved one, somebody you can confide in. Pray, you know, pray, pray to whoever, up, down, side to side. Talk to somebody because your your life has value. You know what I'm saying? If you feel unloved, just know. That I love you. I'm thinking about That's you. Right. We thinking about you. We praying for you.
1: That's right. Yeah, you gotta speak up. Man. You know, what I'm saying, like, if you're going through something like that, man, whatever it is, it, don't, it doesn't have to even be, you know, any type of suicidal thoughts, any type of issues, man, that you feel, um, you're going through that are really, really, you know, got to, got you in that in that, in that bad place of life, man. Like, you gotta speak up, man. You know, what I'm saying, you gotta find somebody, man, to vent that stuff out. You know,
0: you know my cousin, um, you know, he hung himself, man, and um. He uh, but he had he was schizophrenic, so he did have a lot of health condition, uh, conditions, mental conditions to contribute to that to that fatal decision. But, you know, to my cousin Ramita, we love you and we miss you still. And uh, every every time they see me, they gonna see you. That's, right, that's right. <clears throat> But, you know, I'm, I you know, I can't imagine what it was like, you know, to have to grow up, you know, without your father. And then something tragic like that happened to your mother. So like like what happened to you after then? Like, where did your life go after that?
1: Um, it was deep, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can, like, really look back now, bro, and reflect. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, after that, after that happened, bro, it was like, from the age of 13 to the age of 16, like, everything just went downhill. You know, I realized, I mean, I noticed that, you know, even in school, I was skipping out of school. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing nothing. You know what I'm saying? All I wanted to do was skip school, hang out on the streets. And, you know, it was like, my life just went like a dog spiral from the age of 13 to 16. And at 16 is when I called my case.
0: Man, them, those are vital ages right there. Very vital i'm talking about 12 13 because that's when that's when i started to choose my direction you know it was like at nine ten years old i had an idea what i wanted to be and what i wanted to do by the time i was 12 13 i was already making decisions and taking steps towards you know fulfilling that goal of what i thought i was supposed to be and what direction i wanted to go in So, you know, don't ever think that it's that your kids are too young to sit there and be real with them and have a real conversation with them. You know, you know, I'm a youth mentor and I and I held a a youth class before I do my podcast. I do a four to six meeting, a whole noble meeting, which means the noble youth uh, curriculum that I was trained for by some staff members in California. And I facilitate this curriculum to the youth. And, and we're at a stage right now where we're talking about puberty, relationships, integrity, and things like that. So... Um, I just, you know, I'm just so grateful to be able to have that conversation to mold the young minds, to give them some direction. And I'll tell you what, these kids are pretty conscious, man. You know what I'm saying? They know what's going on. They just need a little bit of direction, but just please don't ever think that your kids are too young to have a, a mature conversation with them because they need to know the truth. You know what I'm saying? So they don't go out there and start uh, buying
1: into the dreams that people are selling them. I was going to go there, bro. Cause you know, that's, that's what I ended up happening for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know whatever whatever it is you're missing at home you know that when when you're a child whatever it is you're missing at home you go know, and, and finding them streets you know what i'm saying so like for me you know losing my mom i think uh and then my dad too at the same time because you know once once she, you know she passed away then he went moved on and uh you know when when they left when they were gone and and, I, and this is something that i can look back now and see you know back then i didn't see it cuz i was too young it was like you know I, on the streets i was looking for that that male figure, that father figure, that, that, you know what I'm saying? Like the mother, that love that the mother was, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't there no more from the mother I was looking for it in the streets. And I, for me, I found it in the gangs, you know what I'm saying? Eventually that's what led me to find it in the gangs. You know what I'm saying? So that's how, that's how that,
0: that went. And that's usually how it goes, especially with troubled youth. You know, everybody's looking for somewhere to fit in. They want a crowd. They want to be a part of something that's bigger than them. They want to be accepted. You know, they don't want to be judged. You know, they're trying to fulfill voids in their lives. And, you know, and sometimes they're misguided. Um, You know, I, I think the intentions are good. But sometimes, you know, what comes with the territory of joining the gang is what, you know, kind of corrupts everything. Oh, no doubt. Um, if you don't mind me asking, like, you know, when you got involved in gangs, like what made you did, uh, join the gang and what gang was it?
1: Uh I ended up getting down with the Counts, um, Latin Counts here in Southwest Detroit, man. And okay. it was just one of them nights, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, because... See what it was, like a lot of guys that were already involved in gangs were guys that I was I was already growing up with in school with, you know what I'm saying? So like other guys from like other gangs, they were already, you know what I'm saying, identifying me as being somebody who's affiliated with the other gang. You know what I'm okay, saying? So, all right. so that's how I really that's how it started, and that's how it starts for a lot of people too. Oh, definitely. You know, that's your it's your hood, you know. What yeah. People you know, people you grew up with, you know what I'm saying? So you just, you know, from just going from being associated, you know, you go from you know, being associated from you know to getting down.
0: Absolutely, and and you know that's how that's how generations of this lifestyle gets passed on to the generations of us, you know, because um you know my family, you know Maria Salinas, my cousin Mito, Tomas, like the whole family, you know, like they were, you know, my from from my cousin Mito, he was literally he was born into this you know what I'm saying like by the time he was two he knew how to stack he knew the color coordination he knew everything you know what I'm saying and and you know I know it's easy for people to judge you know when you're talking about trouble youth, and poor decisions and things like that but you don't know what it's like until you walk in a person's shoes you know maybe if I was born in Bloomfield Hills or somewhere nice maybe our lives would have came out different maybe my story would have been different and maybe if you were raised where I was at and came and, and went through the stuff that I went through Maybe your life would be different, but it didn't. You know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to find that common ground with all people, anywhere, far and near, to find that common brown, common ground, so we can break down barriers and build bridges of understanding, man.
1: Yeah, and like when I got involved in gas in the Southwest, man. It was at a time when it was very attractive, you know what I'm saying, because it was new to the neighborhood. We're talking about like the late '80s, early '90s. It was real new to the neighborhood. Oh, that's when it was. So, like yeah. you know, everybody wanted to be a, a part of it. You know what I'm saying? You, you know, everybody was picking, picking, and choosing sides for the neighborhood. So, um yeah, it was, it was, it was serious, man.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, man. um You know, my, you know. <laughs> my family was a big part in that and of that generation you know when 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 everybody you know had migrated from chicago yeah. and settled in the southwest and you know my 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 family they also picked up their bandera you know what i mean and um you know i grew up around that i grew up around that since i was a kid looking up to my cousins you know big mario big andy you know being on Morrell, you know being on brandon street all around the family so it was like you know i felt like it gave me an identity. I had something that I could identify with, you know. And and I thought that that was the lifestyle. You know, I didn't pick the lifestyle. The lifestyle chose me.
1: Yeah, matter of fact, you mentioned Andy. You know, Andy was somebody I went to school with. um Last week, I think it was. You had Sylvia here. Sylvia was somebody who I went to school with. um Jose, Jose Rivera, somebody. You know, it's like that's family to me. You know what I'm saying? I met Jose. Shout out to Jose. First, Love you, boy. I, I met Jose back man when he first came from New York. You know what I'm saying? I, I might have a picture of Jose well, somewhere. That's back then when Jose used to break dance. Man, They had that little young cur- uh, what? curly hair, bro. That's my dog. Man, that's my that's my baby, man. Bro. <laughs> and I love to see where we
0: at today, though, man. Oh,
1: it's it's beautiful, man. It's beautiful, man, to be out here, man. Like a lot of brothers are now supporting each other. You know what I'm saying? And that is so important, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's out here supporting each other's movements. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's dope. You know what I'm saying? That's how brotherhood is created. That's how success is created. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, you pass it on to somebody else, bro. You know what I'm saying? Somebody bless you, you bless somebody else.
0: Man, I tell people that all the time, man. I said the more I have, the more I have to give, man. I said all my blessings are pre- are to be distributed. They're not just for me, you know, they're for distribution. They're to empower, to, they're to care, you know, they're to they're to spread out, you know, your power, your intelligence. Some people want to hold on to it, you know, because they want to make themselves feel more valuable. I, you know, I don't even like to eat by myself. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I learned, everything, everything that I gain or obtain, I feel good about it because I just can't wait to distribute it to family, friends, and people in need.
1: you got to pay it forward. you got to pay it forward, man. And that's, you know, that's the reason why I do the work that I do now, you know what I'm saying, because I'm paying it forward. There was somebody else doing there. You know, when I was locked up, bro, doing Life Without Parole, it was very inspiring for me, man, to hear guys that were out here putting in work, you know what I'm saying? So I knew how good that felt, you know what I'm saying? So now I wanted to come home. And give that same feeling to another lifer that's sitting in prison right now, thinking like, "Damn, you know, we you know we got bros out there. We got you know guys that were in here with us are now out there fighting for us, speaking for us. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's why I do what I do. This brother had a life sentence. At 16 years old, he was
0: given a life sentence. They expected him to die in prison. He never gave up. He stayed fighting. He stayed reading. He stayed writing. He stayed educating. And this brother is home after 28 years, man. Thank God for that.
1: It was it was was real, bro. You know what I'm saying? When I when I I caught that light bit, man, I was like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Excuse my language, but I was like, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, you know, I was like, one one of the ways man that i survived in that prison man one of the things that i told myself when i first got there man was that you know hey you, i gotta first get myself mentally straight i knew i was gonna be there for a long time so getting out was like the last thing on my mind
0: Shout out to my sponsors, my uh, baby bro, you know LA Landscape LLC. My man Jose Rivera at Detroit Forever. Go shop with him on 51st in Michigan. Send a big shout out to my brother Pat Bates. He uh, doing this thing on YouTube. Within. Living on LOP episode 12. Check him out on YouTube. Uh, big shout outs to my boy Tony Rizzo at South Smith Studios. Much love to y'all boys.
1: And uh, I want to I want to spend, spend a shout out tonight, man. To uh the homie Don Don man, Don Don is at the crib right now, man. He's fighting for, you know, basically, man, like really, really, man, fighting for his life, man. Uh, I also want to send a shout out, man, to his girl, man, Michelle Edwards, man. She's been holding him down, you know. She's really, really, man, been, you know, by his, by his side, bro, through this battle and shit, man. So, like, shout out to my boy Don Don, man. You know, a lot of prayers, man. To Much love, show. man. You know, prayers Don, up, prayers Don, up. Don Don used to be a DJ back in, the, in, in, you know, back in the days, man. He was down with a technique technician. That was the crew he was oh, with. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah
0: yes we got history in the the music industry okay i heard i heard technique
1: technicians in a master's production
0: okay you ever heard of taste of latin or don't stop that's right
1: that's right
0: so um so before we went to our break we were talking about um you know how your mother had passed away and then you got kind of lost in the sauce went into the streets you know what i'm saying ended up you know getting down you know with, with 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 the people in the neighborhood and um you know i I can relate and i remember you know when i had you know made my first decision you know I i had shared a story about you know my travels from you know southwest to lincoln park to river rouge and you know so once we had got to river rouge we had pretty much settled there and, um, you know, I remember when I had first got down, you know, with a gang, I, I got down with them nine, eight boys, you know, out there in Rouge and, um, you know, I, I was so familiar with all my family, you know, cause they was all counting in the neighborhood, but because I didn't live directly in the neighborhood anymore and I ended up moving to Rouge, you know, so that's, those were the boys who I got down with. And then like, maybe about a year later, I had met these brothers, uh, Brutus, you know, Gage, my, uh, rest in peace, Cisco, my boy Pungy. And, um, you know, they were all. A little older than me but they had seen the leadership qualities in me so you know after i met them brothers man you know they end up taking me under their wing i end up standing on my TP, flying the 24 and that's when my journey as as a, as a troubled youth had began and um you know free buddhist man free my brother h-town as well but, um, you know, so what was like for you, bro? Like, after you picked up your flag, man, like, you know, I already know that's a big commitment. You know, once you pick up that flag, you are, you know.
1: Yeah, for me, bro, Um, you know, prior, prior to that, man, like, you know, even before, like, before I got involved in gangs, I was somebody in the hood. I was like a regular kid, bro. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I wasn't somebody that they get into like a trouble. I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I grew up being violent in school, nothing like that, you know. Um, but, you know, joining the gang is, is, is something, man, that that introduced me to violence. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it was at a time where, you know what I'm saying, all the gangs in the neighborhood were still trying to establish themselves. And so everybody was fighting for territory. You know what I'm saying? And I got caught in the mix of that man. And, you know, um I got involved in a situation, man, where there was a you know a, a, a real bad situation, bro. You know what I'm saying? Where you know one one dude ended up losing his life. Another person ended up in you know a quadriplegic man. He, you know, he paralyzed from neck down. And uh, you know, from that point, like after that happened, bro, it was like It's it's changed my life, man. I mean, in in every sense of the word. And not only mine, bro, like the victims, my family, their family. When that situation happened, bro, like everybody lost in that picture.
0: You know, and I I want anybody who's watching to understand that, you know, we're not glorifying, you know, our experiences and what we've done. You know, I was in prison for murder. This brother was in prison for murder. But best believe that our hearts go out to our victims and their families. We understand now, grown in the impact that it has on our community, on our families, on our friends, on our cousins, on our loved ones, even on strangers who we don't know. Like you know, we apologize. Our hearts go out to you guys, and we just we doing our best to be our best and and changing the world one story at a time.
1: Oh no bro. And I, you know, I, I would say, man, like you know, you got guys, man, and you know, not don't no knock on nobody else, man, but. Like you no, know, a lot of guys, man, be out here, man, talking that that talk. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it's it's one thing, man, to to have to go through that, man, and not only go through it, bro. You know what I'm saying? But I have to live with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know that ain't, that's not something, man, that that we take lightly. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, no matter what, you know, as happy, you know, I celebrate my freedom, you know, every day, man. You know what I'm saying? But. You know not a day goes by, bro, that I don't think about those victims and their families. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh,
0: no doubt about wait, it. I'm gonna
1: give you a quick story, man. Uh, um, when I first found out that they were going to change the juvenile law, you know, um, I had a reporter that called with the facility and wanted to talk to me. You know, what I'm saying and I, and I know I'm going a little too ahead of myself, but just because I had it in my thought. And you know, when she she had they had called me in front control center, say, hey, you know, Mr. Burber's, we want to talk to you. Um, said, what's up? Said, oh, oh, oh. you know, what do you think about this juvenile life or stuff, man? And, and, and the first thing came to mind, bro, and the first thing came out was. About them victims, you know what I'm saying. Like, I ain't, I ain't thinking about that right now. You know what I'm saying. I'm thinking about them victims. You know what I'm saying. So I just say that to say, bro, that you know, it's not something that we take lightly. No, absolutely. You know,
0: um, you know, when you're when you're young, you think you know everything. You think you have all the answers. You think that you're fighting for all the right reasons. And um, and
1: then you grow up. You know, things get real. You lose people. There, you know, there came a time where even like with a life sentence, I was living like. I wasn't living like a lifer, you know what I'm saying? Like I was doing what I was doing on the yard to get by, bro. But at the same time, like I was thinking free, you know what I'm saying? Like I was thinking free, thinking free, thinking free, man. And that taught me that whatever you think, bro, you can bring into existence, man. You know what I'm saying? I have so many different examples of of me thinking something out, bro. Writing something down and say, you know what? You know uh, when I came, like when I came home, you know what I'm saying? Organizations I want to be affiliated with, you know what I'm saying? Like. You know you write it down you believe it you, you know what I'm say you visualize it you know what i'm saying and, and you you bring it forward bro. And, and
0: it's real because i'll tell you what i found a magazine in prison with an article about the detroit hispanic development corporation i still had a couple years left but i was writing heard they had a new program, and I told them when, when I come home, I won't work there. I got out, went there, got the tattoo removal. Now I'm a staff member. I got insurance, all kinds of stuff. You hear me? That's, Shout out to the
1: DABC. Much right. love
0: for that, baby. That, and that ain't about talking to talk. They about walking the walk for
1: sure. And that's how, that's the same way, bro, like with my pro. You know, it was one of the items. Sorry about that, bro, because I was supposed to bring it with me. But it was one of the things, you know, I used to, I, I created a pro. um, a parole from a parole denial and I ended up uh, putting my, my bulletin board. You know how the bulletin boards in the joint you put your pictures up. Well every day when I woke up in the morning, bro and every night when I went, I went to sleep, bro I looked at a parole you know what I'm saying? And I'm sorry, I, I looked at that bro for years, you know what I'm saying? And it came a time when I was able to put the real parole right next to it. you know what I'm saying? Because looking at it, allowed me to to visualize, I already, I already believed it and anybody that known me from the joint, man, I always knew that you know, I always tell guys, man, I don't know how the hell I'm going to do it, bro. I'm getting out of prison, you know what I'm saying? And so just, you know, I first started to, you know, believed it, and then I visualized it by writing it down and and, and creating it, you know what I'm saying, and then brought it into existence, bro, by the work that I was doing. Bro, it was That's deep. great, man. That's
0: good, bro. That's how powerful we are, though. That's how powerful we are as humans. We could do whatever we choose to do, you know?
1: Yeah, man, I came out of there, bro. You know so, so
0: tell me this, Poodle. Like... I like where where did you do your most growing at like in prison like what experiences did you go through what points did you hit where you just started going through these growing spurts where you started to become so conscious and started to feel like you finally had some direction in your life
1: you know what bro i share this story every time bro it was 2000 i was already i was already struggling bro on the fence man you know what i'm saying not, not knowing what i wanted to do or you know what I'm saying like who i wanted to embrace or you know what I'm saying keep on doing this 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 uh, things, you know, keep living, living the way I was living. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then in 2003, bro, I found myself in a segregation hole, bro. Um, I had already been in prison, like, I think like 12 or 13 years or something like that. All my appeals were exhausted. You know what I'm saying? So here I am in a level five facility on STG, no appeals, you know what I'm saying? Doing a life without parole, bro. And I'm sitting there looking in that cell and I just said, man, like something's got to change, bro. You know what All I'm right. saying? See what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, a lot of guys, bro, I run to guys all the time. Like, man, bro, you always said you was going to come home, bro. You know what I'm saying? But it all started in that segregation cell. You know what I'm saying? Me looking around that cell and having this conversation with God and saying, you know what, man? Like, this can't be for me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, this can't be. in the moment I got a segregation, I bought one of them old Twin typewriter typewriters, bro, and I went to work. I went to write lawyers getting involved in the whole junior life situation, you know what I'm saying, and just really, really started advocating. And it it, it wasn't something that somebody else was going to just do for me, you know what I'm saying, but it was something that I was also going to be I was gonna participate, put the work in myself as well, and and
0: that's a big sacrifice because if y'all know it or not, them them typewriters in prison cost about three fifty. Yeah. You probably can't I'm even find one out man. here in the streets, but in the joint they tax it, so it's hard to come off a of three fifty in the joint because you could buy three stove bags. That's good, secure packs and all that. So you had to make a sacrifice. You know no doubt, what I mean? No
1: doubt, that thing man costs like three hundred dollars, And then literally that same typewriter, bro, that same typewriter. Is, is I typed the document that ended up freeing me, you know what I'm saying? The fifteen pages that I sent to my lawyer to, to submit to the prosecutor, I typed it on that typewriter. You know what I'm saying? And when I came home, when I came home, I blessed somebody with that typewriter. I told I told my man, I said, Hey, listen, bro, you're doing life a young guy that just came in with a life sentence and said, Here goes a typewriter, bro. This typewriter literally, bro, opened that door for me. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm gonna pass it down to you, make some use of it, you know what I'm saying? And hopefully, man, one day he can get out and he can pass that type around to somebody else, you know what I'm saying? So the clear boy. That way you that way you couldn't you couldn't hire the Mickey either. must something you'll find at Shopper's world. They wanted to make sure they see right the through. Seven that thing eight and... dollars. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, that's that's where it started, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like and I just de- you know, going through that situation, bro. I just developed a passion for it, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, I know how good it feels for me, you know what I'm saying? For being out there, bro, after having a life without pro sentence. And now not only do I want to one day be able to bless somebody else you know what i'm saying through that same process but my main goal bro is to abolish life without parole for kids period you know what i'm saying oh absolutely yeah no doubt about it
0: because you know you got to at least give a person an opportunity to grow to do different to change their perspective to change their mind you know you can't just throw human life away you know I understand unfortunate things have happened and in a lot of cases life was lost but you know I just believe that everybody deserves a second chance to be able to make a difference you know and thank God that I got a second chance because he had life and I easily could have had life no, so bro. you
1: know kids man like you know what I'm saying like you know a lot of a lot of people man you know they they'll, they'll see a kid man like 15 16 14 years old bro and he commits a murder, you know what I'm saying? Oh man, throw him in the. You know what I'm saying? But it's it's easy for somebody to say who's like, so far separated from the situation itself. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They're actually somebody who's actually living that life. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Absolutely. And so, you know, if it's your child, but, but would it be okay for your child to have life without bro? You know what I'm saying? So, you know,
0: when I was up, up, I was stayed at Chippewa. I got into some trouble. I got caught with a knife. They ended up putting me in a hole for I think, about 60 days. And, um, you know you're just in a cell by yourself you know they take all your property and things like that so really you have to really use your imagination or you just succumb to the situation itself you know so when you do that the only person you can really count on is you and god and um and books like 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 people learn how to read books you know and when you in a situation like that so one day they were bringing the book car by and you know I wasn't really into romance books and all that type of stuff. You know them freaky boys like that stuff. But anyways, I got I had got me a a a Buddhist book, and I said, man, let me, let me see what they're talking about because I had I had the belief system, but I could never really I could never really identify it or or compare it to anything. And then so I read this Buddhist book, and it was teaching me about people, about integrity, about attachment, and about you know just about human power. And I was just like, like, I started to grow so much, you know, just discovering myself and my purpose and things like that. So, you know, I, I, and I'm just, we're just sharing these stories because like we talked about how earlier people are under a lot of pressure. There's a lot of people who, you know, make fatal decisions, commit suicide, but it's pressure that makes diamonds, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and I tell you what, uh, we are very polished over here, you know,
1: no doubt, no doubt. Um, and, it, and the good thing is, man, like you know, it ain't it ain't just one or two guys, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? there's like, a lot of guys out here, man, that you know have come from prison after certain, you know, serving decades, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I here are doing some real, real great things, you know what I'm saying. Remember, and for me, the book, um, a lot of guys, you know, you I'm sure you probably heard of it. um uh, uh, as a man thinking by, Ooh, by James Allen. James you know Allen, my favorite. You know, that book, was, that book there, man. You know, it taught me about the law of attraction, you know what I'm saying, about just thinking things in, in into existence, bro. And, and, it, and i've used that mindset bro like from from the time that i read that book i use that mindset man in everything i do it in every day bro and, and it works brother
0: i have read that book 10 times from front man. to back i love it every time as no a thinking, as, a as a man thinking yeah
1: james allen grab that book if you, you know, definitely you, read it 10 and times you'll and, love it and, and, and the, the, the crazy part about it is it's, it's like a maybe like a 25-page, you know, book. It's a real small book, you know what I'm saying? But, but it's, it's so powerful. It has so much information, it's, it's so, it's, don't it? Not only that, but it was written way back in the day, bro, and it was so relevant still to you know what I'm Absolutely. saying?
0: So this, it was wrote, written, what, 1800s, like 1700s, like 1800s, something yeah, like, in like 17, that?
1: 1800 But James Allen, as a man thinker, you know, he taught, like I said, he talked about the law of attraction, man, about, you know, what I'm saying, bringing things into existence just just how you think about it. And
0: if you read that book, you're going to think they wrote it just for you. Oh, that's how real it is.
1: And it's dope because it also just, it, it also teaches you, man, just how, as a man, how to conduct yourself. I was like, that's the main thing. Absolutely. Man, you know, just the power of the, the, the mind of the man.
0: It helps you set a new standard of living for yourself. Oh,
1: it's dope. it's dope.
0: So while we were at the break, we was reminiscing, kicking it a little bit about, you know, how we did our time when we weren't studying and investing in ourselves and we was just kicking it. You know, we would play the dominoes, Bushy Head, play a little Capico.
1: You know, the Wardies,
0: the Kuanos, they was up in the way. I said, my mom got Esper. Got the spades. Um, Man, what? The solitaire in the hole,
1: you know? you know
0: so this is how we passed our time you know on the yards you know i I was never into gambling you at home where i was always in it for the fun and the unity it always brought brothers together you know a lot of times when we were up north when we was upstate it was hard to get visits there so we have father's day birthdays holidays and you know we would spend that you know them them holidays and things like that cooking up making a cook up burritos nacho dudes you know turf surfing turfs and and we would enjoy you know good games of dominoes we would play cards you know and um you know you make you work with what you got you make your family in there you find a bond you find your brotherhood and 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 you you just create your own family and and these are one of the things that the you know the, uh, the the that we practiced and that we did to to be able to carry on traditions for for our people.
1: Oh no doubt, man, no doubt. It was just you know it was it was something to bond with, man. It was like you know a pastime. A lot of times, you know, you, you guys think that you know when you see somebody that came home from prison, you see a smile on his face, man. Like no, you know it ain't about you know what I'm saying that he came out. I mean uh, uh uh thinking that you know guys you know uh ain't in there doing nothing like that, man. Like you know playing dominoes and playing cars and just that bond that we was creating, bro. Um, this was I'm telling you, man. This this thing here and them cards. And, and it brought cultures together oh, yeah, because absolutely. you had, you know,
0: Catrachos, horochos. You had Mexicans, Chicanos, Boricuas, the the Cubanos. Like everybody came together, and we would exchange, you know, cultural, you know, knowledge. You know what I'm saying? We would change. We would, uh, you know, start to understand the words and the differences. Those idiomas, you know, the language, the the slang. And and it was just, it was educational, and it was just empowering to be united. You know, and if with you your people. If
1: you lost at the space, you was gonna hit that. You was gonna hit that floor. You was gonna man. hit the deck. And, and, do them push-ups man you know, i did a whole bunch of hundred push-ups i know i
0: ain't did a push-up since then I ain't, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell uh, it don't matter man i love it that's right i tell you bro i tell people every day man i wake up like this too, oh, super man. turned up that's you know good. what i'm saying just because i'm so grateful for everything Gotta be grateful. Gotta just because be i could close the door in the bathroom that's
1: it that's it sometimes man like you know i find myself man just in awe every day for like you now, I, I I sometimes I view things, bro, like if I had like a third eye, remember, right? you know what I'm saying? Like and I, and when I say what I mean by that is like just a greater appreciation, bro, that I have for life, the greater appreciation I have for my family, you know what I'm saying? I was just with a homeboy the other day who used to come visit me all the time. And I tell them now, I said, now that I realize, man, how how difficult and how busy life can get out here to have somebody, man, you know what I'm saying? Even though they're out here living, bro, and raising families and real busy, and they're taking the time to you know go in their prison, man, to visit me, bro. It's such a I have such a great appreciation and, for that and so much more. And
0: not only that, a lot of our family members used to get harassed going up in yeah. there, especially when they used to go up north and upstate. Sometimes they'll deny the visit. Your family done traveled five, six hours to come see you. So when I come out here and I see the hustle and bustle, yeah. that makes me definitely appreciate my family and friends and everybody who took time to come see me. Because one thing, two things that people ain't got a whole lot of is time and money, man. So if you got people coming to see you, man, appreciate them and I salute you. You God, know, for God. supporting God. your loved ones for sure. Cause
1: it's important, bro. It's important, man. Like, we need that, we need that family support, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's such it's such a it's such a it's such a big, big part of man, that, that growth, man. You know what I'm saying? Just to to have your family. And you know, for me, you know, having family, having friends, man, that actually man rolled with me, man. Was it was my way, bro. When I used to think about it, it was like, you know, they reminded me every day, man, of what it is I was missing out there, bro. You know what I'm saying? And they made me fight harder, you know what I'm saying? Like I didn't just go in there with a life sentence and say, This is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, i like, you know, you know, being in communication with people out here all the time, getting those visits, getting that phone like that kept me in tune with what was going on. I used to call people in the neighborhood but, and talk about stuff in the hood, and they were like, Man, you know more about the hood than, than we do. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no doubt about well, because it because I stayed on that phone. You
1: know what I'm saying? It was just you know, that was my way of staying live out here. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, I used to tell my family, Man, send me pictures, be my eyes for me. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah.
1: Guy, one, one of the things a guy told me one time I said, He said, Bro, whatever you do, he said, Don't let the world forget you. You know, what I, said? I said, What do you mean by that? He said, Don't let the world forget you, bro. oh that's said, if you, cold? He said, if you write a letter and he don't write back or she don't write back in two or three weeks, write him again. You know what I'm saying? You, stay, you know what I'm saying? But that was just my way of staying alive, you
0: know. What I'm saying? Don't let the world forget don't, you, don't baby. Let the world
1: forget you because we you know that's once, a powerful the world, statement. Because once the world forgets you, you no longer exist. You know what I'm saying? So if you're in prison doing a life sentence and you allow the world to forget you. You don't exist. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know, I'm not going to let the world forget me.
0: So so we've talked about where you from. We talked about where you at. Now we want to know where you headed, man. Like, talk about the new job, the new promotions. Oh, like, tell me about, tell us, you know, everything man, that you got going been, on, it, man. It's,
1: it's been such a blessing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the work that I did inside, man, like, it prepared me for what I'm doing now. You know what I'm saying? And, like, right now, I'm currently a reentry specialist with the State Appellate Defender's Office. Um, we're an appellate uh, defender organization that represents about 20, 25% of the general uh, prison population, guys that get convicted and and they want to go back and do appeals, you know what I'm saying? Like We represent them guys. And what I work for is I do I work for Project Reentry in Sado. um, And I'm doing reentry plans for guys. I'm doing parole prep, you know what I'm saying? So you know, from my experience, everything I learned, bro, now I'm able to write a person, a comprehensive reentry plan, and I can also you know you know guide somebody man through the parole process you know what i'm saying so um it's a blessing bro and, you know i'm now i'm helping other former juvenile lifers you know what I'm saying? guys that i walk yard with now the mdoc is allowing me to, to to do zoom video conferences with them you know what i'm saying like when i when i when i was when i was on parole man, one of the one of the most satisfying things about you know see an agent bro is that when he asked me for my check the mines look exactly like his did you know what i'm saying because now i'm getting paid by this good state, money you know so it was it, you know it, it's, it's been a blessing bro um just recently as about, about two or three weeks ago i got elected as a as a non-attorney member for the state bar of uh the state bar of michigan's prison process, you know I'm saying so now just two days ago i was on a zoom meeting with uh with the, with the head prosecutor of uh, of of, of, of uh, M County in Lansing, you know what I'm saying, and just being on a board, we're like an, an advisor, you know what I'm saying. So we'll have discussions about any upcoming laws, any any upcoming policies in the uh Department of Corrections, and we will debate it, get together, and give recommendations. You know what I'm saying. So it's just dope, man. Is you know, and, and I told these organizations, well, I told specifically, you know, with Sato and stuff like that, man, and. Like, you know, we have to be at the table, bro. You know what I'm saying? Of change. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. it, it, It can't just be somebody else and not to knock anybody else who went to school for it, you know what I'm saying? Because they also bring, you know, their contribution, you know what I'm saying? But we have to be the ones to fight, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there's a lot of formerly formerly incarcerated men that are doing some great jobs, man. Nation outside last week, bro, made sure that everybody, every inmate in Genesee County Jail voted. Voted. I seen that. Nation outside went in there, man, and did that with the sheriff there, man. You know what I'm saying? So times you know, have changed. Man, times sure, change, bro. Man. And we're becoming a powerful, powerful. I feel force like the people, the, the people are be
0: getting absolutely. their power, are getting their power absolutely. back.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And you know, just because you know you made a mistake at some point in your life, or because you went to prison. Man, that don't mean nothing, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, can't nobody out here tell me one thing I I, I say, bro, too. Um, like when I hear somebody saying, Oh man, I can I can't do that, bro. It's hard. I, I, I use myself an example all the time, bro. Like, listen, man, you can't tell me that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a life without pro sentence, and I'm out here and I'm doing this, and I'm and you know what I'm saying. So are you a Mexican or a Mexican? You got you gotta get it, you gotta you gotta just have the desire, man. You gotta you gotta want it bad enough, you gotta want it bad enough, man. And you and, and and it has to be like just genuine bro you know what i'm saying when you when you when you genuinely do the work man cuz you love the work bro the blessings man god will just pour blessings on you bro
0: this is this is what i gotta say man is that if you want change man be the change you want to see put yourself in a position get some authority put some position where you got a voice where you can speak on behalf of the people man that's what we've been out here doing you know we I, you know the organization i work for we are community servants man and we also help returning citizens as well i, I am a returning citizen you know and, and helping them guide do this. It's just it's it's making a better community for everybody, man.
1: oh yeah, it feels good, man. It feels good to, to, to be able, you know, what I'm saying, to help the brothers out, man. There's a lot of guys, man, that don't have that help, man. That don't have that yeah. that positive influence, man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I love I love the work that I do, bro. Yeah.
0: So listen, bro. Like we do in every show, at the end of the show, we let all of our guests come and sign the wall of fame, man. Ooh, so before we close out, it. we're gonna let my man go ahead and tag was him was up.
1: up but
0: it tag it. More like
1: This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.